It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Aha, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. aha, yeah. aha. What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 740 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, July the 13th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network as we get close to sports. We're like 11 days, apparently, from baseball starting. That seems dubious, and they don't really seem to have a plan, but it's happening nonetheless because capitalism, baby. And uh, as a result, we have lots of great stuff coming out across the network to uh, help get you ready for the return of baseball. Next week, we're going to be doing a big MLB re-preview on the Locked On MLB show, so please make sure you're subscribing there and tuning in, and also just listen to that show generally because Sully, the host of that show, kicks ass. Uh, Anyway, the entire network and today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto Reliably low prices, all the car parts you're ever going to need, as well as amazing selection. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Uh, They're just wonderful for finding car parts. All right. On today's show, we are going to continue on, I think, over the course of two parts of an episode uh, with the Retiring Every Raptor series with myself and Katie Heindel, who is here to uh, go through the Raptors uniform number history and retire everybody. Uh, We got through numbers one through 25. We're going to, I think, try to hammer out numbers 26 through 92 because there are many skips in uh, in the numbers uh, that have been worn in Raptors history in those uh, in that range of numbers so we'll try to do as many as we can today uh we're also going to hit on the raptors arriving in the bubble and all that stuff but first we should introduce katie katie what is going on hello as you know i was just swimming (laughs) yes how was uh how was the swim are you a good swimmer are you a fast swimmer are you a backstroker a a butterfly stroker what's uh what's your, your your ideal swimming situation i'm a good swimmer um i have to say i mean i used to be better I'm enjoying swimming every day in the lake where I am, but 
uh, my strokes kind of, I like to switch them up, you know, right. I'll start with like a breaststroke. I'll flip over, do a couple like back strokes. I'll do a front crawl a little bit. I just like to, to switch it up. Are you a swimming cat person? What? Oh, I thought you said cat. Like, I don't think <laughs> cats really care to swim. Uh, no, no. I was actually thinking just before we started that in the time I've been up here in the last week, my hair is always mostly at this stage of like half dry, half wet, which oh, yeah. is nice. Yeah, that's a good place to be. That means you're uh, living cottage life correctly. I So swimming for me has always been a challenge. I, I was very resistant to learning most regular skills that most children learn as kids. Uh, hated swimming lessons. I think I failed level five. Um, and like this was in like school swimming lessons that were part of gym class. And I was not very good at that. I got kicked from the deep end of the shallow end at one point, And I don't think I ever graduated back. And then uh, it took me a long time to figure out how to ride a bike too. So I, I'm just a great athlete over here, uh, learning all the things that you're supposed to learn as a young person to survive in the world. Um, you're just going at your own pace. That's all yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll learn how to swim. Uh, you know, I, I, I figured out biking. Biking's no problem. It still terrifies me. And I don't really do it on the street because I'm scared of drivers, but, uh, yeah, swimming I'll figure out probably by my forties, I would guess. We'll see. I'll keep you posted on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, Katie. So yeah, as we mentioned off the top, we are going to finish off the retiring every Raptor series today. We have like 16 or 17 numbers to get through, which I think we should be able to do over the course of a two-part episode. But we have to address the breaking news that has been slowly leaking in over the last four days or so since the Raptors arrived in the bubble. I believe we have not done a podcast since they arrived in the bubble, uh, driving their excellent Black Lives Matter buses that were the talk of the bubble amongst the likes of Matisse Teibel and Tobias Harris. And they, you know, they arrived in style, and it's lovely to see. And uh, we haven't seen much of them in terms of like extracurricular fun times activities the way we have with a lot of the players. The, the NBA Bubble Life Twitter account is fantastic. Everyone should follow it, getting all the updates from everybody who's you know fishing and shotgunning beers and basically nothing else. Um, but, but if you are running that account, reveal yourself. Because yeah, please. We need to have you. Uh, I need to know who it is. Yeah. Part of me is selfishly also like, are you on my beat? <laughs> it does uh, feel very katie adjacent i will say <laughs> but also like thanks for helping me out on my beat because i can't be locked in 24 7 yeah like so, whomever that person is <laughs> like we have our uh basketball podcast where at the end of every episode we do our social media posters of the week and uh i'm usually quite bad at finding out people because i'm still slow to follow people on instagram but this account is going to make it so so easy for me to come mm -hmm. up with a, a robust list of candidates every week. Uh, go listen to uh, Basketball, by the way. We had a great episode on Thursday with Lindsey Gibbs, uh, WNBA reporter, who came on, and it was lovely. Uh, all right, Katie. So the Raptors arrived Thursday or Friday, um, and they've been practicing a couple of practices over the weekend. We're seeing some press conferences. Kyle Lowry had a press conference today where he, uh, you know, did the thing where he makes fun of the media. That's always good. Asked if Josh Lewinberg got taller during the break, uh, made fun of Doug Smith's internet, made fun of of Michael Grange. I think he asked him to leave the call at one point. Classic Kyle Lowry media shit. Beautiful to see. Uh, long overdue and uh, nice to see it back in our lives. He did also say this is probably the last time I'll talk to him for a month, which again, extremely <laughs> Kyle Lowry shit. Um, we saw Terrence Davis address the media yesterday was talking about skinny Marcus Gasol and how he's looking like his prime version of himself. Uh, any big takeaways from the Raptors arrival in the bubble or the first few days of practice reports that we're getting? They seem extremely comfortable, which mm -hmm. is nice. Like they seem, 
I mean, the whole – I've what is, has been really nice about all players sort of arriving to the bubble is how summer camp be it kind of feels and there is this, like, latent kind of buzz of excitement going through it. Not to say that the Raptors are removed from that, but I do feel like because they got there – they got to Florida a couple weeks early mm-hmm. and then them arriving in the bubble. I don't think they're being cold and standoffish, but I also don't mind – this feeling that I think can happen when you're just kind of your mentality's at a little bit of a different level. Like mm-hmm. there, it does feel like, and I don't think it's premature to say that they're kind of locked into something and that they're focused on something else, which yeah. really reminds me honestly of last year uh, of the postseason. Like there were these moments and plateaus of like rest and potential joy that they could have like, you know, relax a little bit, but they chose not to because they were really focused on one thing. Uh, and it feels a little bit like that. Yeah, it really does. Uh, they seem extremely like professional about everything. Mm-hmm. They seem um, like not caught up in the sort of f- the fun, like you said, summer campy elements. They probably got that out of their systems pretty early <laughs> on. Now that it's deep in the grind of living in Florida during a pandemic, which can't be pleasant or you know, wake, make you wake up with a lot of joy. But they seem to be making the best of it. They seem to be, again, feeling comfortable and safe, which is the most important thing. Um, you know, Kyle was talking today about how safe he feels, how he thinks the NBA has done a very good job inside the bubble, which hopefully it holds. I'm still really worried of people testing positive outside the bubble, like Russell Westbrook, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the best to him. Hopefully he's doing okay. And, you know, it's still uh, – the caveat applies. Whenever we talk about the basketball that's about to happen and, you know, delve into some enjoyment of it, uh, the caveat – that this show should have like in the description is this is a bad idea and it's stupid. And Florida has shortages of hospital beds and people are getting tested and waiting 16 days for results. In some cases, while NBA players are getting them in 12 hours, that's bad and wrong and uh, morally bankrupt. But we, yeah, I guess got to talk about the bubble as it's happening anyway. Um, but yeah, but it, it, it's been like nice. On that note too, I think it's a good point to say just like, cause we've talked about this before like the optics of restarting in a place where, as you said, like, you know, there are shortages of hot first shortages of tests now shortages of ICU and hospital beds and resources like necessary resources. It doesn't as much as like, you know, on one hand, I really can't like blame guys for getting excited and like Mm -hmm. being playful and like, you know, feeling real joy about like seeing each other and maybe like a little bit of a breather from the anxiety. I'm sure they've been feeling in their day to day life, but Mm -hmm. There is a certain level of like, I guess, like the maturity and the kind of seriousness that the Raptors are sort of holding themselves to that I don't doubt a lot of other players will kind of shift into as well. Mm -hmm. That when you look at the optics side by side of like the merits of this bubble operating in a place like Florida and, and in the United States, which is quite dire it's not the worst thing to see athletes behaving, like taking it seriously. Right. And behaving in like a serious way, which again, I feel like speaks to the professionalism uh, of the Raptors. Totally. And and also a shout out to the Raptors uh, organization as a whole, who seem to be really sort of uh, Mm -hmm. representing themselves quite nicely. They, uh, on Thursday, we started seeing pictures. I think O'Shea Brissett was the first we saw Then it came around that it was every player on the team uh, arrived to their room and the team had placed photos of their family and their children and all that stuff in the room for them to have upon arrival. So those little touches, man, like they've been the talk of the, the bubble, it seems so far. And that, you know, it's really ghoulish to think of like long-term implications when it comes to like free agency and stuff like that. But 
all that stuff, all that stuff really matters. And the fact that they took the the care and the time to have those little details, you know, Terrence Davis spoke about how much he appreciated it on his little press conference. I think Norm Powell talked about it as well. Um, it's nice that the Raptors, you know, in a really bad situation are still, you know, doing the thing where they treat their people right. And that was really heartening to see as well. Anything else on the bubble at all, Katie, before we move on to retiring every Raptor? <laughs> Not really. I mean, everyone looks great. It is nice to see like how well they've kind of kept in shape to the best of their ability and kind of beyond, you know, like mm-hmm. because sometimes access to equipment um, and like full courts obviously is not something that every player has, Um, but it does seem in their own way. They've also like, they've just kind of stayed. It doesn't seem so much that they're like picking up from where they stopped. It seems a little bit more like a smoother continuation for them. Yeah. Um, And we're maybe just like not as privy to like the insider looks at like practices of other teams, but I like, you know, this is a Raptors podcast, and I do think <laughs> there is just like there's still a little bit of differentiation there, which uh, which like it makes me feel good. Definitely, it's also I, I don't think anyone in the league is gaining quite the plaudits that Skinny Marcus All is, um, if or jacked. The- Chris Boucher. Yeah, dra- that it's honestly <laughs> disheartening to see Chris Boucher though. It, it, it's why? messed up. It's like it's cool. Maybe that's why he was sneaking out. He was like bulking. <laughs> he's like, I need, uh, I need more proteins. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for Chris Boucher that he's bulking up. And yeah, the, I, I guess the the trips to the the supplement store were worth it. But uh, it just it was very very weird to see him looking. Not not so much. Yeah, it's not like displeasing or off putting or anything like that. It's just it's very weird because he's the skinny guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh. And like everything else is skinny. He just has enormous biceps now, which is kind of fun. It's like he only has done arm day. And that (laughs) is fun to me as a person who skipped leg day every time the one summer I went to the gym once in a while. Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll obviously dive into uh, what like a refined and revamped version of Marcus Saul might mean for the Raptors on the floor as we continue out in the lead up to the to the season starting or restarting. But we don't want to burn all that good content right away. So we'll get to that a little bit later on um and we're gonna dive into retiring every raptor which you aren't familiar we uh katie and i are not really fans of the idea of retiring jerseys and so we decided to lean into that and then go through the entire raptors uniform history number or uniform number history that is and uh figure out which player would be most deserving of having the number retired on their behalf uh we are 25 numbers in we're going to start with number 26 in just a second but first i want to tell people about rockauto.com which for a big dumb car idiot like me is a perfect website that makes it super easy for me to find auto parts when i need them rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to search to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpets whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate as well quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck whatever year it is right locked on and their how did you hear about us box to the note we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you're ever going to need at rockauto.com 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Katie. Number 26. Uh, the first on our list here is a, a cursed number because only one player has worn this number in Toronto Raptors history. And apparently, Hito Turgaloo, if we're going by the letter of the law here, gets his number retired now. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just, like, I mean, we have to, right? We can't mm-hmm. say. We could, you could, I guess you could put the number up with, like, instead of a name, a couple question marks, assuming there's like a future. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like to come mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> yeah subject like to TV, change yeah tbd like <laughs> yeah <laughs> number 26 tbd instead of a last name maybe mm-hmm. but i don't then i think we really have to feel strongly about this and we don't <laughs> yeah it's hard to engender any feelings or emotions about hito turgaloo as he did not engender any feelings or emotions as a basketball player for the toronto raptors when he was here so why would we return the favor um but congrats to him. I guess his banner can be brought to you by Pizza Pizza or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or we could just make the banner number 26 and then in quotations, ball, and then everyone would get it. And it would also harken back to a, uh, a, a, a standout moment in Raptors media history. Would that be mm-hmm. fair? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to a better number now. Uh, number 30. We skipped 27, 28, and 29. Never worn in the history of the Raptors. And number 30, which has been worn by three players, is up next. The three contestants here. It's a pretty good category, actually. Oliver Miller, of course, excuse me, the, uh, the, the first doughy man in Raptors history and uh, perhaps the doughiest man in Raptors history <laughs> has my respect forever as a result. You've got Del Curry, of course, the father of Steph Curry. You've got all the videos of Steph uh, taking threes and whatnot during his teenage years in Toronto, if that uh, tickles your fancy at all. Um, as part of his case. And then you have Reggie Evans, who uh, got a lot of rebounds for a couple years and not much else. But at the time, him getting a bunch of rebounds was kind of the best thing about the team. So there's that to consider as well. Katie, do you have a strong case to make for either Oliver Miller, Del Curry, or Reggie Evans? Well, I picked Oliver Miller already for, an, <laughs> for another number he Oh, wore. that's right. So unfortunately, I can't pick him again mm-hmm. on these made up the made up rules that we have uh, <laughs> made up in I, like kind of constantly <laughs> moving and changing rules, I should say. <laughs> yes, completely. But I do feel a little more strongly about Del Curry, if only because it kind of like, I like the idea that Steph Curry is always like kind of psychically tied to Toronto because I don't think he likes that. <laughs> like, I think he's like, whatever, like, I don't care. Like it's, it's no big deal. But I think there's a part of him that's like, Oh, like give it, like give it a rest. Like I was just a kid and I had mm-hmm. no choice. He played there, but I, I sort of like that haunting of Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give it to his dad. So I, I like the Del Curry argument. He certainly was quite good uh, as like a late stage career veteran guy on the Raptors. He was also a big part of one of the most pivotal plays in Raptors history. He's the inbounder on the Vince Carter miss against the Sixers. Um, maybe should have passed it back to Del Curry. They say it on the uh, broadcast. <laughs> Keep an eye on Del Curry to get the ball back because he's an amazing three-point shooter. Obviously does not happen. 
Vince misses the shot. Uh, Dell has nothing to do with it, but that's uh, certainly a part of Raptors history that he is forever tied to. I think personally, I kind of have to go to Reggie Evans here just because he, like that first year after Chris Bosh left, the 2010-11 season, one of the most depressing seasons I can possibly remember. I went to a game in that season and it basically killed my will to cheer for <laughs> basketball for like two and a half years. I like didn't watch. I, I came home from Ottawa, like my first month at school to come and watch that game. And uh, it was against the Cavs, which they were just having, <laughs> having just lost LeBron. And it was like Reggie Evans and Jer- Jared Jack up against like Samardo Samuels and Manny Harris. And it was, uh, it was real dark. So I-, I-, I kind of respected Reggie Evans for being one of the lights during that season. But I don't know. I- yeah, I'm going to go Evans here. I'm going to leave it up to the coaster. Um, which of Is course it the same coaster. It's a different coaster because right okay, now I'm good. at my fiance's parents' house, so they have sort of heftier coasters. They're made of cork. On one side, it says uh, it's flat, and it says chef mate. And on the other side, it is a little bit. It's got a bit of a ridge on the outside. So we'll call the chef mate side heads, the ridge side uh, tails, and I'll let you call it in the air. Because the other coasters were cursed, so yeah, they were, uh, and I, I felt bad about it. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't relishing that by any means. Um, but yeah, uh, here, I called in the air. Tails. It's tails. There you go, Del nice. Curry. Congratulations. The coasters are no longer cursed, uh, <laughs> apparently, or maybe they'll be cursed against me. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so congratulations to Del Curry. We move on to number thirty-one. Five players have worn this number in Raptors history. We have Sean Respert, Roger Mason, Charlie Villanueva, Sean Marion, and of course the winner, Terrence Ross. Uh, I'll let you try to make a case for someone other than Ross if you want, but you're not going to be able to convince me. Yeah, no, this is like, this is kind of like a shot in hell, but, (laughs) (laughs) and this is mostly, mostly just an acknowledgement because I do think, um, uh, Charlie Villanueva's work towards like alopecia awareness is very mm. heartening to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm not gonna try and fight you on this one, man. Yeah, you're you're wise to avoid that fight. Uh, you know, Charlie <laughs> V is definitely second on this list. Uh, you know, it's not really close. He had the 48 point game as a rookie. He came second in Rookie of the Year in that first season. Then got traded for TJ Ford, which is uh, an honor in its own right. But Terrence Ross won a dunk contest. He should have won a second, but got robbed of an actual chance to defend it. Um, traded for Serge Ibaka, who came into our lives and made great content and uh, also won a title. <laughs> and he's uh, an indelible part of Raptors history. Terrence Ross, baby, all the way. Uh, I'm not in my regular office right now, but if I was, I'd be tapping my Terrence Ross photo. And Blowing it a kiss, even. Yeah, perhaps. Both, yeah, but why not? <laughs> 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 this is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We move on to number 32. Not a very loaded number. Going to say it up front. Uh, we have Herb Williams, who wore it in 1996. Martin Lewis, who wore it in 1997. Perhaps the Raptors player who, if you ask me to point them, pick, it, pick them out of a lineup, is the person I could least name from a lineup, Martin Lewis. I have no idea what this person looks like. Garth Joseph, who played for, I believe, one season in like three games. Mamadou and Jai from 2001 to 03. He kind of had like a Marcus Banks-ass career where he was in, on the team for three years and played like 30 games. Chris Jeffries and Ed Davis, the boss, from 2011 to 2013. Like number 31, it feels as though this is kind of a wash for Ed Davis. Um, but do you have uh, an argument for Williams, Lewis, Joseph, and Jai or Jeffries? Yeah, Garth Joseph, because one, I don't think there's, you're going to find another basketball player, professional basketball player named Garth. And two, <laughs> did you know his nickname was the Angel of Death? I did not know this <laughs> which, at all. <laughs> <laughs> which feels like contextless, even with the context that he got the nickname, mm-hmm. very frightening. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's my pick. But he also looks quite kind. He's a very large man, seven foot mm-hmm. two. I believe mm-hmm. the only ever NBA player from Dominica as well. Yes. So uh, yeah, I like. I don't hate Garth Joseph as a pick. I don't think I believe in it enough to like lean into Garth Joseph as the only pick here. Um, but yeah, the angel of death—that's damn good. But I, I think Ed Davis deserves at least a shot at the flip of the coaster. Is that fair? fair? Yes. Okay. So Garth Joseph, Ed Davis—you call it in the air, heads or tails? Tails. Oh, it rolled and stumbled along the floor to my right, and it ended up on heads. Damn. Ed Davis wins. Um, as I got to reach for this thing now and probably injure myself. <laughs> a daily stretch. Oh, Remember yeah. to stretch every day, guys. Yeah, I get him in like once every two <laughs> or three days. but Even uh, if you're just picking stuff up. That actually hurt me. I'm a pathetic, pathetic shell of a man. Uh, Ed Davis gets the pick here, uh, and he gets his number retired. We are uh, going to move on now to number 33, worn by seven players in Raptors history, including a current member of the team. This is a pretty loaded category, actually. You've got Carlos Rogers, one of the OGs. I believe he played at the first ever game for the team. Brad Lowhouse, he ain't winning. Gary Trent, who was traded uh, for Alvin Williams in the Damon Stoudemire deal. Or sorry, came with Alvin Williams in the Damon Stoudemire deal from Portland. Antonio Davis, uh, can't argue with Antonio. Michael Bradley, Jamario Moon, and Mark Gasol. So I think it's probably down here to Davis, Moon, and Gasol, but that is quite the trio to have to debate between, Katie. Yeah, I'm always like, I mean, I'm always a little bit uh, impressed when I see people still with Jamario Moon jerseys. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm also like, I would wear that because it's cool to wear Moon. Like, like, I don't know. You love astrology. If you just straight up love the Moon, which I do too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not in like a werewolf way, just like respect the moon kind of way <laughs> but, <laughs> respect it's respect its powers and it's hold on the tides beautiful yeah mm-hmm. um but you know that said i'm gonna go marcus all 
Mm-hmm. He uh, also just had so many names, nicknames, that is. Uh, and I recall there was legitimately <laughs> a, uh, a nickname contest, uh, notably, when he was with the Raptors that they ran on tsn.ca. Um, he has a few different nicknames. Of course, a former Harlem Globetrotter, too, uh, where I believe he was nicknamed the Screwdriver. Also, Apollo 33, Super <laughs> Jamario. And I believe Noodles is also one of his nicknames because his middle name is Ramen. And uh, so, That's, yeah. Seem- probably not but uh, (laughs) i'm not here to write down who gave some nicknames i just read it somewhere at one time um so and also it's obviously super jamario or apollo 33 that are the acceptable nicknames for jamario moon the best ones um we're spending a lot of time talking about jamario moon here antonio davis and marcus all are also in this category yeah we're burying the lead a little Mm mm-hmm so let's let's leave the Gasol case for later because I feel like even though he's had the shortest tenure of these three guys with the team, he's probably going to have our vote for a number of reasons. But Antonio Davis was an all-star with the team. He was the second best player on those Vince teams. He was around a long time. He even mm-hmm. came back for like a cursed half season at the end of his career after a trade with the Bulls. Um, there's There's a really good case here for Antonio Davis, I think. I mean, there is. But I'm still picking Marcus. <laughs> I want to pull up the Raptors like all-time win shares thing because that is, I think Antonio Davis is like troublingly high on there. Oh, he's uh, he's ninth all-time, right behind Morris Peterson, right ahead of Doug Christie. So he's not as high as I thought. Um, and it, yeah, had he been like top five in win shares of all time, I might have been compelled to go with the nerd bully answer. But yeah, it's Marcus All. <laughs> <laughs> He won the title. He had the games in game three and four against the Bucks that were uh, just the stuff of legends. Survived the last like 12 minutes of the game three against the Bucks on, on five fouls and didn't foul out. Um, and is uh, a light in our life. And wore that big vest and sandals to uh, have that class with Serge Ibaka. And so I think as a result of that, kind of have to do it. Should, um, <laughs> should retire that whole outfit that he wore. <laughs> it's like it's the jersey is underneath the vest basically yeah, yeah i like that uh, the vest like the weird hat what yeah was it? like the, there was a weird shirt mm-hmm. like kind of baggy sweats <laughs> was he wearing like slide sandals i think too yeah he was for sure yeah he was okay. very and again, again this was like cold weather it was like march <laughs> that he was doing this yeah just did not care <laughs> love love me some marcus all um, let's move on to number 34 as uh, we have the second appearance of Carlos Rogers on this list. He wore it from 97 to 98. Uh, Charles Oakley from 99 to 2001. Hakeem Olajuwon in 2002. Robert Archibald, who I believe recently passed away, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry if I just accidentally uh, deceased Robert Archibald, but I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, 2004. Aaron Williams, 0506. Aaron Gray, 2012 to 2014. Greg Steamsma. 2015 and Alfonso McKinney 2018 a lot of weird like one-off kind of guys here a couple fan-ish favorites Katie who is your favorite from this group he did, Robert Archibald did pass away That's in January yeah. so RIP yes. buddy um my pick is close as it as Steepsma makes it <laughs> I'm picking out man yeah yeah <laughs> yes I, yes I yes. uh it's hard to argue with Oak. He's uh, a lovely man. I feel like maybe uh, like a little meaner than he was like a nice, lovable fan favorite, but that's okay. It's okay to have some mean in your life. He one time yeah, yelled at me on the phone. 
<laughs> nice. Sometimes you need an enforcer, but what did he, what did he yell at you about? Oh, wait, he didn't yell at me on the phone. He yelled at me via text. Um, oh. So I was producing a radio show. <laughs> And one of my producers, at the, the other producers at the station had given me Oakley's number to reach out to because he'd been on our station before. Uh, and so I was, it's, it's kind of common practice among radio hosts. You share numbers. You say, oh, I got this number from producer X and then it's all cool. Um, I shot Oka number, uh, Oka text and said, hey, Charles, I got the number from a producer whatever at, at the station. Wondering if you want to come on a show. He's like, how did you get this number? Who are you? What is going on? <laughs> and he never came on the show. Uh, <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I would, it. I would be bristled at bristling at a 22 year old moron cold texting me as well. Um, <laughs> so I can't really blame him. Charles Oakley rules. He did a cooking show, I believe for a little while, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, always appreciated in these parts. Um, so steam's mode was the other one I was thinking here, Aaron gray as well, <laughs> sort of a weirdly likable guy, part of the Rudy Gay trade kind of always tied into Raptors history that way. But yeah, it's gotta be Oak. I think here, not much contest there. And we'll move on to our final number of the day before we uh, pick it up in part two of the podcast tomorrow uh, with the number 35, won by five players in Raptors history. And this one is a uh, slim pickings category. The first number, first number, person to wear the number is Tracy Murray from 96 to 02. One of the OGs of the franchise, uh, I believe, led the team in win shares in the first season. Um, you know, was their best player early on in addition to Damon Stoudemire. Earl Curitan? who I, uh, I know I ranked in Ranking Every Raptor. I can't remember where or for what he got ranked for. Um, he, he's not going to win here, I don't think. Reggie Slater, who has a very good name. Uh, it's a very good <laughs> basketball name, but not a necessarily great career. Corliss Williamson and Lonnie Baxter. Uh, who is your pick here, Katie? Honestly, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, um... Dude, I don't know. Who's yours? Uh, I, I feel like because of like the time at which he came to the team, Corliss mm -hmm. Williamson stands out. Um, he was in the – I think he got acquired for Doug Christie, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And that was like kind of an exciting pickup because I believe – oh, no, he ended up winning six-man after when he was playing for the Pistons. Um, but it seemed like he was like a pretty good player, kind of an exciting pickup when they got him. Didn't really do a whole lot, but – um, I kind of always lumped him in with Jerome Williams as like the fan favorite bigs off the bench. Uh, Lonnie Baxter, I, I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, you know, he was part of the Danielle Marshall trade. And so he always has that tied to it. But yeah, I mean, Tracy Murray is probably the objectively right pick here. He was there for a long time. I just don't remember any of his exploits because I was uh, not really sentient yet. Let me just do what my... Uh ultimate test is which is <laughs> look at smiles <laughs> one sec oh kind of serious looking player who tracy murray yeah look, looking like serious a serious guy oh. corliss williamson has a pretty good smile he does you know mm -hmm. i kind of feel bad for corliss williamson because he got canned when he was an assistant coach for the Suns, but like the entire coaching staff also got canned mm, mm. when the head coach got canned so right but then that was like that's how he's gone out thus far right so yeah let's go cordless bit, let's let's throw a him a bad. bone yeah <laughs> yeah i feel a bit bad for him there We'll give him a little bit of love and uh, give it to Corliss Williamson. And that's going to bring today's uh, portion of the podcast to an end. Uh, tomorrow, we will go through numbers 40 through 92. 
I'm very, I haven't opened up the tabs on a lot of these numbers yet. I'm pretty fascinated as to who lies in these tabs. It's going to be exciting. Who lies in the depths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this really is the depths. We have numbers such as 40, 42, 43, 52, 77, and 92, and more <laughs> coming into you tomorrow on the podcast. So stick around for that. Uh, Katie, do you have anything you would like to plug? Yeah, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to plug uh, Basketball Feelings. Mm-hmm which, uh, you know, halfway through the Basketball Feelings inaugural feelings draft. And I realized that today, which is kind of crazy. I'm also trying to speed things up before the season gets back (laughs) underway. But it's been very fun. And looking at who has contributed so far, I myself was even surprised at, like, the roster of, like, talent. Oh, it's uh, unbelievable. That have, like, come out of this this thing that I invented. So I I feel pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please the, please read it if you haven't yet. The writers you've included are uh, are fantastic, and uh, and there's yeah. a big there's like still more to come. Everybody like yeah. big names to come. Fantastic, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Corbin Smith, uh, John <laughs> Wilms, probably maybe I don't know. I'm just throwing out names who are in that vein of writer. Uh, <laughs> bigger, oh, think you got, bigger. You got David Roth at one point, right? <laughs> yeah, I got Dave. Okay, yeah, get Hell him again. Yeah, Roth Dave. rules. Yeah, <laughs> no, Dave's already had his time in the sun. There's a lot of feelings that go around, and more okay, people fine. to to talk. About them fair enough spreading the feelings we can always trust you to do that um also check out our podcast uh basketball as we teased mm-hmm. off the top of the show it's very good it's fun go check it out um you can find katie at whatevs on twitter you can find me at woodley sean you can subscribe to rate and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast it's much appreciated when you take that small amount of time to do that and uh with that we're gonna leave you thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> We're tuning into a locked on Mario, apparently. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.